We celebrate the birth of the Christ child. Why is that such a big deal? Why is that so important? You know, it's, um, it, it becomes monotonous. And it so easily gets lost in all of the other things that we're doing. We're, uh, some of us are making cookies and, and some of us are doing various crafts and, and some of us are doing um, you know, various other things and, and shopping and, um, and all, decorating. All right, decorating. Oh, that can even get monotonous. Dragging out the old tree and six boxes worth of ornaments to put on it and, and, and all of that stuff. And, and I mean, it gets stressful and it gets to be a heavy load and, and we forget what it's all about. If all of that stuff were to just be wiped away, the importance of this time of year would still remain. Amen. The importance of the birth of the Christ child. Why is that so important? Because it was the beginning of God's plan of salvation set in motion. It was the beginning of God's plan of salvation that was set in motion. All right? And so this Christ child that would come, he was both God and man. And so they call him the son of man. They call, you may have heard that scripture that talks about Emmanuel, God with us. That's what that means, Emmanuel. There's songs that are, are written about this word that is so foreign to our language, but it means everything. God with us. He's not just a God among other gods. He is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords. He is, in fact, the King of kings. And this little baby that we celebrate, and, and then this little, little, little guy right here, let's be careful, okay. This little guy right here, I don't have to see, I don't have to worry about this one crying or wetting on me. The importance of this child that was born, yes, in a, in a sense, a barn. Yeah? This child that was placed in, they didn't have clothes for him, they put him in swaddling clothes, pieces of cloth. All right? Can you take a message for me? So this baby then was placed in swaddling clothes, they wrapped him in pieces of cloth, and then they laid him in what is essentially a box where they feed the animals. Okay? It's a feed box showing the humility of God's plan. You see, God, people expected this, the birth and the, um, this new Messiah, this new king that was awaited for thousands of years, this king, they were hoping to be this hulk of a man that would deliver them from all of their troubles and come and rule them and conquer all these other nations and, and that they would be finally 
justified in a sense. But God, in His wisdom and His love for mankind, knew that man's sin needed to be accounted for and atoned for. Man's sin. Do you know that we can't just live our lives without ever answering to anything? Do you know that God says that we will all stand before the judgment seat of God and give an account for every careless word that we've ever spoken? That leaves me, and maybe you as well, in a hopeless state were it not for the blood of Christ Jesus the Lord. Where would we be if we had to give an answer for everything that we ever did that was in opposition to God's word? We would be lost forever in our sin with no hope of redemption. But for Christ Jesus the Lord, this this little baby that's so sweet and so beautiful and and so many beautiful songs are sung about him at, at Christmas time and all of these great things. And yet this little baby was the Christ child, the Messiah that would save people from their sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin, what we earn when we sin, is death. We earn punishment, all right, as if our parents would punish us for disobedience. God would demand that there is punishment or a reconciling, a, 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 an accountability for what we have done. And that should scare us, literally. There are movies that scare us. There are um, various circumstances that may scare us. But this is an eternal scary thing. You follow me? This is real. This is something for which we can either. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Church will not get you to heaven. Do you know that? Church ain't going to do it. All right? Religion. Religion ain't going to do it. It is a relationship with Christ Jesus the Lord. And some of, you know, we may feel like, God, man, I can't, I can't measure up to that. I don't know if I, you know, I want to be saved and I want to have a relationship with Christ Jesus the Lord, but I don't think I can measure up to that. You know what? You can. None of us can. And that is the purpose, the very purpose in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus had to go to the cross. Because there was nothing that could make up for our sin. There is nothing that could cover our sin and put us back again in right standing with God the Father. Because our sin separates us 
from God with this great chasm that has to be breached, that has to be bridged in order for us to be back together with God. That bridge is Christ Jesus the Lord and the cross of His suffering. That cross that this young baby would eventually go to willingly, the Bible says. Willingly. Jesus, as he was suffering in, in that garden, and he had told the, uh, the disciples to stay here, pray for me, please, just, just pray for me. And, and he goes on ahead of them, and he, and he just breaks down. And, and God, if, if it is your will, and, and God, of course, is his father. He says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. What's going to happen to me? Let it pass from me because I'm afraid of it. I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be unbearable. And yet, he said these words, not my will, but yours be done. You know why he said that? He said that for you and for me because he knew that without it, without him enduring the cross and all of its shame and all of its hatred and all of its brutality, had he not endured those things, our souls would be forever damned to hell. And yet, all that we need to do is to say yes to Jesus. That's it, friends. There ain't no piece of paper that you got to sign. There ain't no 12-step program that you've got to accomplish. We say, yes, Lord. And in our minds, we would say, man, I just, uh, the things that I've done, God would never receive me. Why would God ever want me after all that I have done? Friends, friends, feel the heart of God today. Feel the heart of God and know that God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe that is our job, believe on him, he should not perish, but have everlasting life. That means that when we die, our souls, God claims them as his own. You see, he bought your soul and paid the price that you owed for your sin. He paid it. Why would he do that? Because he loves you and me. He loves you and me. And the Bible says that he paid the price. He paid the sacrifice that was due for all of the sin that had ever been committed and all of the sin that would ever be committed. And the Bible says in Isaiah that all that sin was heaped upon him as he carried it to the cross. The Bible says in Isaiah, the punishment that brought us peace was put upon him. And he took it all to the cross. He bore our sin. He paid what we owed. Our sin sacrifice. And I've, I've said this to you before, but I just think it is so real around this time, maybe even so much more, that when the 
there were requirements back in Old Testament days where they had to um, make sacrifices, animal sacrifices for their sin. A sin offering, a lamb, the sacrifice, okay? And the purpose of that is it's gruesome, it's yucky, it's gross, and it, it hurts to know that you're hurting an innocent young animal. Do you, do you get, get that? All right. There should be a something inside of you that says, man, that's just not right. There's, that's not right that that innocent animal should have to pay for something I did. And yet, Christ became that sacrifice for me. And as the person would take that lamb a year too old, spotless, no stains on this lamb, no broken bones, and it must be a firstborn. And that person would, would come, and they would lean all of their weight on the head of this innocent little lamb, those beautiful little lambs that are so cute, aren't they? Come on. They're beautiful, they're cute, and they're, they're cuddly, and we would want to hold them, and, and, and yet we're putting our weight on the neck of this lamb just before it is slain, representing the weight of our sin upon this innocent sacrifice. That, friends, is Jesus Christ, the Lord. He is the sacrifice once for all, once for all. He took that weight of our sin upon himself. And he carried it to the cross. And this innocent man, this innocent son of the living God, was put to death as a criminal as a criminal, and as he did, as they nailed his hands, those spikes through his hands and through his feet, one on top of another, can you imagine the pain? And the crown of thorns, those inch and a half to two inch thorns that was pressed upon his head, dug into his skull and caused him to bleed. And he's Hoisted up onto this cross where everyone can see wearing a loincloth, at least it's in uh, pictures we see that, but in many cases it was probably completely naked for the embarrassment in front of everyone in the city to see. And he heaped all of that was upon him. All of that hatred, can you imagine him feeling the hatred of all these people? And yet the Bible says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Christ Jesus died for us. He didn't say, come to me after 
you've cleaned yourself up. Stop your smoking, stop your drinking, stop your sexual uh, uh, carousing, stop um, all these things. Then you can come to me after you're clean. No, that's not it. He said, you come to me and I'll fix all that stuff. My blood's going to cover all that stuff. My blood's going to cover your sin and wash you white as snow. That, friends, is what Christmas is all about. That's why that little beautiful baby boy was born to save you and me. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And no, December 25th was not Jesus' birthday. Okay? It was not. It is the day that we have chosen as a society to recognize Jesus' birthday. Okay? Jesus was probably more than likely born towards the end of summer, um, September maybe, August, in, in, in that area more than likely. All right? But it is the day that we have chosen to recognize the birth of Christ. Okay? And that, friends, changes lives. That changes lives. It's not about Santa. It's not even about gifts. Though gifts were given to the Christ child. All right? As we know and as we've heard, all right, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and all that cool stuff that we've probably never seen. All right? That's where the gift giving comes from. And it's fun to, to do all of those things. I get it. I, I enjoy it myself. Okay? However, don't ever, don't ever forget the purpose of all of this is God's great love for you Amen. in spite of all of our dirtiness, all of our sin, all of our Dirt. God loved you enough to take your sin and wash it away at his own price. Would you stand with me today? <laughs> Friends, we have here a, uh, an advent advent candles and this is the third week of advent and in uh, years past we've uh, done a whole series on on the advent and, and things like that and um, God has chosen to do some things differently this year and um, but we've got one more week of advent and um, Depending on how God leads, we're going to um, talk about all of those things. But Advent represents the four weeks coming up to. Ad, Advenio means leading to or coming to. And coming to what? The birth of Christ, the Messiah. All right? And so today, we're going to light these candles in recognition of what God has done and all of the things that Christ Jesus has done on our behalf. Some of you may have Advent wreaths and candles in your own homes and, 
and it's beautiful to do that. And it just, it just helps us to focus and remember about what all this is for. It's just a symbol. It's just a tool that we can use. All right. I enjoy doing it. It's beautiful. Helps me remember. As we close today, God is beckoning you. You know what it means to beckon? To call to, 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 to say, come. Come. The Bible says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for your bodies because you're so tired of working so hard. No. <laughs> rest for your souls. Because your souls are longing for fulfillment. What is my purpose? What's my... I feel empty. God wants to fulfill you. We were made, in a sense, with a God-shaped hole in our souls and in our hearts that can only be filled by Christ the Lord. We need Christ in our lives. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we come before you today. I just thank you for everyone that is here. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this time of year and for the children and the beautiful job that they do and for all of the teachers and staff that have been helping in these areas and, and leading them and teaching them. And We thank you for the opportunity for our children to learn the greatest story ever told and about the greatest gift that was ever given. Father, today we receive what you have done for us. Today, Lord, we believe. Can you say that? Can you say that from your heart today? I believe what you did paid for my sin. And I receive it. The Bible says to them that received him, to them that believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Friends, believe it and receive it. That is all that is required of you today. Say those words to yourself in your heart. I believe you, Jesus, and I receive you, Jesus, what you did for me. Help me to live for you. Cover my sin. Make me clean again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.